in chapter 6. Matthew in chapter 6. I want to go back on this. I'd already kind of was dwelling on it, and just from conversations that I've had, uh, I felt like the Lord was giving me the go-ahead to go back on this again. So we're going to look at the take-no-thought passage a little bit again, okay? And then we're going to add to it. So uh, we're going to be also in Philippians in chapter 4, and we're going to look a little bit in James chapter 4, and hope some other passages, but... So just so you're kind of with us here. Matthew chapter 6 in verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Remember, anxious is what the idea there is, using, using mind time to be anxious Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or, what, or yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, nor yet, or, I'm sorry, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cabin? Cubit, cabit, cubit unto his stature. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, now notice that's a command, take no thought. That means don't. You get that, right? Okay. Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first, that's the do, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, we thank you for the day. We'd ask that you'd help and bless as we read and look at this passage and maybe just expand again a little bit more. We'll ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Now, I'm going to read you the passage out of Philippians. I would encourage you to turn there also. Philippians in chapter 4. Because this one is saying the same thing. Philippians in chapter 4. Paul, uh, by by the teaching of the Lord is repeating what Jesus himself said in in Matthew chapter 6. Philippians in chapter 4, and we'll begin, we'll begin reading in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 
Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Again, same thing. Anxious. Don't be worrying. Okay, Be anxious for nothing. Worrying about nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a promise of God. God is not a liar. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So there's, here's Paul using the same, the same um, don't and do, okay? And I think Paul actually describes us as put off, put on, uh, very much all in, in many of his books, put off this, put on this. And it's the same, the same pattern. This would be maybe a, maybe a more um, illustrative way or maybe a more detailed way, rather, uh, to talk about what to put on on Seek His Righteousness from Matthew chapter 6. You know, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the kingdom of God in your own life and all these things. And um, so we've got, this, we've got this back and forth here. Now, I want to just remind you of, of the passage out of James. And many of you already know the verse. I'm just going to go ahead and read it anyways. In James in chapter 4. In James in chapter 4 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves, therefore, in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Now, in our passage, we're talking about being anxious about stuff. Okay, being. Uh, let's just use, what's the term we would use? If I'm anxious about what's happening tomorrow, what's the word we use? I am what? Worrying. Okay? Uh, worry wart. Okay? Now granted, there's a few people who don't worry about anything until it's too late and then they just get sick. But, you know, are you all here? Everybody here? There's the people who worry about everything before it's there and the people who don't work on about anything until it's there. But anyways, the put off, put on. I can see that one kind of went over like a lead balloon. So we'll just keep going. Both of these things are a direct command. Take no thought. Okay? Take no thought out of Matthew. Be careful for nothing out of Philippians. Those are orders. Now, there are people who are going to say, I can't do that. And my response, if I was one-on-one, would say, you can't do that? Well, if you can't, now listen, let's just be honest. The reason we bring people to salvation, or often the reason people seek religion, is when they find out they've got something in their life that they know they can't beat and they don't know what to do with it, and it's consuming them. And you know what we tell them is, they need Jesus. Because they can't 
without Jesus. It's true. They will not they will not beat their sin. They will not overcome their sin without Christ. It's not going to happen. Uh, they can pretend. They can look that way. They can feel real good, but they're not going to. I, 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 know, I, I hate to say this because sometimes we overemphasize this, but Jesus Christ came to save us from, yeah, not hell, that's an after part, from our sins. The, 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 the hell is the result of what he's saving us from. It's just the final end of living a life of sin. Okay? And I'd, I'd just be careful if, when we're presenting that. Jesus came to save us from our sins. Why? Because our sins, that's what overwhelms us. That's what's killing us. That's what's giving no peace inside. So if a, if a person who claims to be a believer says truthfully that they have tried everything and now they cannot do what God says to do, the only logical conclusion to come to is they are not saved. I'm telling you, that's it. That's the only logical conclusion. If they literally have tried, come on, if they literally have tried by everything that they found from Scripture and they cannot overcome sin, they are not saved. That's the, that's the clear evidence of the whole of the New Testament. Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 6, these passages here, the put off, the put, off put on passages. Because I can do... All things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things. Not myself, through Christ. So if a person, if a person, listen, I'm talking honestly to believers. I'm talking to every believer now. Listen carefully. If you have honestly sought God, like, I mean, you have sought God and you have searched the Scripture and begged God in prayer and some serious time and you are still unable to find victory in your life, maybe you need some help but probably you're not saved. And you need to go examine your salvation. Uh, amen. Uh, don't get freaked out about that. Either you're saved or you're not. If you're not, get saved. <laughs> it's not complicated. Oh, everybody might think, who cares what everybody thinks when you got eternity in view? Who cares? Uh, get saved. I'm just telling you, get saved. Because God had no intention for believers to stay, to stay down on this planet and constantly be in the life of I can't, because that's miserable. It's miserable. So when we get to this point where God says, don't do this, guess what? He's talking to believers, and he knows that because of the power of Christ in them, they can do this. Now, it's through faith in Christ, they have to say, God, you said I can beat this, so I'm just going to trust you. And I'm going to go on forward like I can beat this because you said I can, following what the Scripture says, for whatever your thing is. That's amazing how God works. If you're a liar, how do you beat that? You tell the truth. It's funny how the Bible works. Some things are just interesting. You stop lying and you start telling the truth. That's how you beat lying? Yeah, you tell the truth. Amen. But in this one, we're talking about worrying. Now listen, some of you are old enough to remember Bob Newhart. Okay, I'm not a huge fan of all his politics and even some of his humor and stuff like that, but he did a skit that I, we, I laughed and laughed and laughed about. Um, because for a lost man, for the lost man, it has some truth, but for the saved man, it's, it's, it's got a lot of truth too. But has anybody ever heard, seen the Stop It skit? The Stop It skit by Bob Newhart? Uh, so I'll give you a little reminder. He's a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, rather, and a clinician, if you will, he helps people. This lady walks in, and she says, I just have this 
horrible, you know, awful fear. And uh, I just, I'm, you know, I, I really just want to know if you can help me. And he says, yeah, no problem. I can, I can, if I can help you like in seven, seven words or less or something like that. And it's like $5 a minute and I don't give any change. I mean, you know, how the, you know all that stuff. But, and uh, she says, and he says, she says, do you want to do that? Yes, I agree to that. Okay, so what's your fear? I am just horribly always, uh, it keeps me in my, in my house. I can't leave my house. I can't go out with friends. It's just, and it's, yes, yes, yes. So what is your fear? I'm just afraid of being buried alive in a box. And, and he said, and this, this incapacitates you. Yes, I, I just, I can't get over it. I, I'm, I, I'm, always, I'm always full of this fear of get, being buried alive in a box. I, I go out and I'm, I think maybe I'm going to be buried alive in a box. I get in a rail car and I think I'm going to be buried alive. I get in a car and, and he says, okay, I, I, I can help you. Um, no trouble. I, I can help you in uh, two words. Just two words. She says, well, do I need a pen and paper? Well, most people can remember two words, but sure, if you need... And, he, and she's, okay, okay, so I got the secret. And he says, stop it. Of course, she's offended. What do you mean stop it? I can't stop it. No, stop it. And, of course, at the end, you know, they go back and forth, back and forth. And she says, well, that's ridiculous. I'm going to leave. And it's only been two minutes. And he says, I don't do change. You know, five bucks, five bucks. So, Anyways, at the end, he says, because she's not getting it. And he looks at her and says, okay, now I'm going to do it, uh, I don't know, seven words or something like that. She's, okay, well, what's this? She said, he says, stop it, or I'm going to bury you alive in a box. <laughs> and it's funny because that is the world's way of making fun of issues that the world literally can't get over sometimes. Sometimes all the time, to the point of... But it's funny because when I read this passage, you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing Bob Newhart saying, stop it. And God behind it saying, uh-huh. Take no thought. Listen, listen. Now's not the time to check out and start arguing with me. Follow me all the way through. Follow me all the way through. So, so what do we call it when God says to do something? Answer me. God says to do something, and we don't do it. What do we call that? Okay, sin. So you know what the you know what the first way to get over a constant whether it be worry, because that's what we're talking about, this constant anxiousness, worry consumed with anxiety about tomorrow, or another sin, you can put, it, you can put this in here, the first thing to do is acknowledge that I am sinning. When I am anxious and worrying about tomorrow, I have got to call it what God calls disobedience, sin. And what does every believer know we can do with sin? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He will always forgive. But there has to be some humbleness on our part to start by saying, God, I'm doing it again. Come on. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Well, if you're not sure about that, you just live on with your old bad self and see how that works out for you. This is, this is real good. If the Bible says, take no thought, but you're taking... Don't be worrying, but you're worrying. You're sinning. So you have to, number one, acknowledge, I'm sinning. I, you can try to psychologically your way all, all you want, but there's no other way to get around that. That's a direct order from God. Take no thought. Take no thought. Be careful for nothing. Well, but I am and I can't help it. You, if you're a believer, you can help it. 
Doesn't mean it's a listen, it doesn't mean it's a switch. I dig around and I find a spiritual switch. Click. Ta-da. You know, find it your way right away. I, I ordered at the at the stand, you know, and I get my meal at the next window. This no, this is like real actual life. This isn't a switch. I mean, sometimes, we talked about this before, one step you're going, oh, I'm worrying. The next step, oh, I'm sinning again. The next step, Lord, please forgive me. I'm worrying again. I'm, uh, that was wrong. It's a sin. Please forgive me. And the next step, you're back into worry. And the next step, you're going, oh, I'm doing it again. And the next step, you're going, Lord, that was sin. Please forgive me. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That's the, that's the walk of a Christian life. Hello? It's like, it's like uh, finding out that your, your dear friend or your spouse doesn't like something that you do all the time. You know? Uh, you know, like slang words? Does anybody here have any slang words? We'll just keep it nice and light. You know, some people like... Uh, my sister has this great one. Oh, hey Oh, hey And a lot of people, and I'm over there going, one day she's going to say that, and it's going to come out something like she just said... Something different, you know. Slang words. And my wife and I, we, we used to have some, I didn't like what she said. She'd say something, I'd say, what did you say? She'd look at me and say, what did you say? <sighs> but you know, you're, when you walk through life and that situation comes again, you haul out that slang word. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm working on it, please forgive me. Because you love them, you don't want to be an, an, an irritant in front of them, so you purposefully try to change it. But it's not like a switch. Some people, maybe that, they can do that. Not me. I've got to go there and apologize 40,000 times while I'm working my way out of it, find something else to say. Okay? Put off. Repent of sinful patterns. Repent of them. They're sin. Call them what they are. They're sin. Agree with God what they are. And acknowledge it and ask for God's forgiveness. Amen? As a matter of fact, if you, guys, if you were to go back over, and, I, and we could look at it, but Ephesians chapter 4, he talks a lot. Paul talks a lot about old thought patterns. And that ye put off, verse 22 says, concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful us, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I guess what he's talking about. Thoughts and actions. He says, you know what, there's some stuff that you've got to put off. You've got to take it off. You need to get rid of it. You've got to get rid of it. Um, Acts 8.22, remember when the guy was supposed to be a believer and he wanted the magic power of the Holy Spirit so he could walk around handing out the Spirit everywhere? And Paul, I think it was Paul, looked to him and says, Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. There are sins that you commit in your mind, and anxiety is absolutely one of them for many, many people. Worry. Stop it. Stop it. If I could, this, this, I wish, I went around and looked for some stop signs, because, you know, I remember the days we had a stop sign and a go sign for stop and tell a story, or stop, let me tell you, and then go and tell us, but we don't got them, I can't find them. So, if I could put over here, as soon as you find yourself worrying, stop! Just put a big stop sign in front of your head. I'm doing wrong. I'm sinning. <laughs> what am I doing? i got to turn over this way and say, God, please forgive me. I was worrying again. But there also has to be a go somewhere because Paul says the Christian life is a put off, put on. Right? Come on. Put off, put on. So, what do I put on? Well, we read it in Philippians. 
We read it in Philippians. He says in verse 6, be careful for nothing. You know, don't stop worrying. And he, and he gives, here's, the, here's one of the alternatives. You just need to start praying in your life. You need prayer. If you're worrying, you're not praying. Well, I am praying. No, you're, all you're doing is you're handing worries to God so he can worry with you. That's essentially what you're doing. That's not praying. Okay? Praying is actually going to God for help and trusting him with it, but it will just keep going. He says, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then he says this, if you do this, you'll have the peace of God. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You hear that? So you can find the peace of God in the middle of circumstances that should be concerning. Listen, you can find the peace of God in circumstances that for everyone else would be concerning. That's what that passage says. Now, either the Bible is right, and God's not a liar, or this is a bunch of hooey, and let's leave and go home. I'm, okay, so what does it say? And then he says in verse 8, let me, let me just help you out here, brethren. Finally, brethren, whatsoever... Th- things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. You hear that? Stop worrying about this, and let me help you out with what you should be thinking. What am I going to put on? Well, number one, I'm going to put on a prayer life that continually walks to God, and so near as I can tell, I'm, this will be the process from put off to put on, I'm from stop, I'm worrying, stop, stop that, that's a sin. God, please forgive me. Now we're going to God directly. You hear that? I'm in prayer, right? But please forgive me? Is confession part of the model prayer? Yeah, forgive us our debts, okay? Lord, please forgive me. Thankfulness, you hear that in there? So God, I'm going to bring this worry, this is my worry, I'm going to give it to you, God. What does that mean? I can trust God with the things of tomorrow. I can trust God that whatever the outcome might be, He's going to work it for His glory and my benefit. Even if that means the thing that I'm scared of most happens, I can still trust God that He's in control. Either you trust God or you don't. What if God's choice is that the thing you're scared of does happen? Are you in God's arms or are you not? Are you in God's control or are you not? Can God take care of you or not? Then stop worrying about it. Amen. Trust God. doesn't mean you have, don't make decisions. I mean, you just have to make some decisions and ask God for the help in those decisions. Trust God for the, those decisions. So in the process, hand it to him. That's what it says. Prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. It says, but it says, with thanksgiving. What does that mean? Typically, that means I have to start thanking God. Oh, I can't, I'm worrying right now. How in the world am I supposed to thank God? You mean you have nothing to be, not one thing? No, I have nothing to be thankful for. Uh, you just used a voice box to tell me that. You had a brain that was able to think that. I, I, I know I go back to Psalm 66 a lot, but Psalm 66 is David working through this process. We're finding him at the end of this process going, I've got to find something to be thankful for. So he starts being thankful for stuff that God did for his ancestors, like hundreds of years ago. 
Oh, thank you, God, that you did this for them. And by the end, he's kind of worked around. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I mean, sometimes it's nothing more. I've, I've been driving down the road sometimes. and Doing it again. God, please forgive me. Now I've got to be thankful for something. Problems with my wife, so I'm not exactly thankful for that right now. Thank you, God, I can breathe. Thank you, Lord, for a blue sky. Thank you, Lord, for the trees. Thank the Lord for the birds. Thank the Lord I can drive. She is a gift from you, God, and she's been really good for me. Thank you for her, too. You hear me? You, there's, if you don't have something to be thankful for, you're, just, you're not applying yourself. You're choosing to dwell on the worry instead of all the gifts of God. When the Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust, you know, rain is a good and a bad thing. Those are God's general blessings that happen to all mankind. Thankful, Lord, that the sun rises. Because if it didn't rise, well, we'd all be dead. <laughs> I'm mean, seriously, we'd all be dead. Thank the Lord that, you know, volcanoes aren't everywhere. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I have to find myself, I have to start praising God. So in the process of taking, Lord, please forgive me, it was a sin to worry. It was a sin because why? That's an expression of a lack of trust in God. And either we worship God or we worship our worry, essentially. So, Lord, I'm going to have to put that in your hands. God, please forgive me. I should not have worried about that. Lord, that was sinful. Lord, it's still bothering me, but you please, would you help me with this, Lord? I, I, want to, I want to put this in your hands. Help me put this in your hands. Help me trust you with it, God. Thank you, God, that... Thank you, God, that no matter what happens, according to Romans 8, 28, you will work it for, for good and your glory. You will, no matter what happens. You, and thank the Lord that your arms are underneath me and your, your banner's above me and I'm in your, held in your hand securely. Thank the Lord I have a hope of heaven. Thank the Lord I have a friend. If I really, want, if I really was honest about it, I have a friend I could call and talk to about this. Thank the Lord my car's still running down the road right now, or whatever. My shoes don't have to be bought new yet. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. So you start offering thanks. This doesn't have to be like, you know, Oh, great God in heaven. No, just talk to God. Talk to God. And then, somewhere in the process, now that I've set this aside, I've got this empty void that I'm trying not to worry, so I've got to stuff something else in the slot real quick. Because if I don't, guess what's going to happen? Worry is going to fill it right back up instantaneously. And, you, and if you're a worrier, you know exactly what I'm saying. It just, boom, it happens. So I've got to put off the worry, and I've got to put on something else. And what does this say? Um, my wife uses, I think she's talked to the ladies about this passage, and she uses a coffee filter. And she says, this is the filter by which we have to start examining all our thoughts. And what you need in your mind is a filter. This is, Philippians 4.8 is the filter. It's the filter. It's what it is. Well, I've got to stop worrying. Well, what do I need to think about? Well, I need to think about something true. Well, what is true about my worry? Well, it actually hasn't happened yet. Well, kind of hard to worry about it when I don't even know if it's going to happen. That's the truth. I don't know what's going to happen. That's the truth. What else is true? God is good. Amen. 
God keeps His promises. Amen. I'm going to heaven. Amen. What is true? Whatsoever things are honest. What's honest? Is worry good for your health? No. How about we be honest about this a little bit? You know how, you know how many people suffer from stress-related illnesses? Do you hear that? Stress-related? In other words, the illness is caused by the stress. Not, the stress is causing the illness, not the illness causing the stress. Like, if doctors were really actually honest about it, it's way above 50%. The people they deal with are not actual physical issues, they're stress issues. Way, way above 50%. The last number I heard was 75 to 80. Not blow your mind? Including things like allergies and headaches and heart problems. Why? Caused because of anxiety, worry. Take no thought. What's the honest? What's this worry doing to me? It's killing me from the inside. Take no thought. Let's think on some real things. What's, it's honest things. What's the honesty? What else is honest? I don't know. Whatever you can find. Is this honest? Let's think about that. Put something in there to think about. Put something in there on purpose. Something truthful. Something honest. Whatsoever things are just. Just. Well, you know, how, it's amazing how we always expect everyone to be unjust, isn't it? I mean, like, the most popular, I think, the, if I remember right, the most popular Amazon Prime show right now is on the assumption of government dishonesty. Well, the government is dishonest. Yeah, but if you dwell on that, you're going to have a great life, right? Alex Jones, here we come. You can be always a person going, <laughs> about everything. No, that's, that's not going to help you at all. What sort of things are just? Is God just? Amen. Is, is, is the fact, now, are your sins justly paid for? Amen. <laughs> Start thinking about some things like that. How about, what sort of things are pure? What sort of things are pure? Ooh, now we're getting into a rough one, aren't we? Pure. Is this in my mind right now? Is this a pure thought? Is this a... Is this, if I stood this before God, would it stand the, fi- the fire of God's presence? Pure thought. What's a pure thought? Lord, so, so-and-so is not saved. Lord, I sure wish, Lord, would, would, you, would you work on that person's heart? Give me an opportunity. Is that a pure thought? Yeah. That's pure before God. Lord, you are good and holy. And wonderful. Is that pure? How about this? Lord, I don't deserve your mercy. Thank you for Christ on the cross. On the cross. I, there's not much more pure than that. Thank you for a risen Savior. Pure. I'll tell you, for guys, we could just stop right there. Is what you're thinking on pure? Hello, guys? If not, then start thinking on something pure. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. I know, I just mentioned guys, and the guys, well, women are lovely. Yeah, you have to go down to the next part. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, it's the filter behind the filter is what that part is. If there be any virtue. Is this, is, is this something that is virtuous? Is this something that helps me walk as a man should walk? 
Does this help me walk as a Christian should walk? Is this a virtuous thing to think about? Well, you know, oh, I can worry about this, worry about this. Well, what would be virtuous to think about? How, what, where's the, how do I be a peacemaker in this situation? How can I be long-suffering in this situation? How can, how can I represent Christ in this situation instead of worrying about it? How can, I, how can I glorify God in this situation? Where's the virtue? You know, okay, we can go back to virtues, the virtues of God. Is it virtuous? Or, or good, sorry, lovely. Lovely, lovely is where we're at. Is it lovely? Whatsoever things are of good report. Good report. Is this thing I'm thinking about, is this something I'd be happy to tell everybody about? Now that's kind of interesting, isn't it? We like to give a bad report, don't we? Even preachers have to be careful of it, getting together and not giving out bad reports. Hey, did you hear about what happened to that other young preacher over there? Yeah, I know that's a. And I, I'm telling you, and it, we're going through another cycle now where we're getting a bunch of we're getting a bunch of young men that are uh, following off after intellectualism and uh, anti King James stuff and trying to trying to kind of toss out good what the Bible teaches about outreach for you know for methods just so we can fill a, a building, not so we can actually preach God's word. And, and you know, well, did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, I know. They left the old path. And preachers can sit around and actually work themselves into a, 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 a grumbly, gr- grumpy old thing. It's not like this is limited to, you know, just the everyday person. Because preachers, guess what? They're everyday people. Good report. Good report. Well, I had a chance to witness to so-and-so the other day. There's a little bit of growth in so-and-so. What's, is, there, is there a good report behind this thing? What, can I bring up a good report? Does worry have a good report with it? Never. <laughs> worry, because it's worrying about something that usually hasn't happened yet or might be happening, doesn't know the end of the story, never has a good report, because it can't give a report yet. There's no report to give yet. Amen. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, can I take this thing that I'm thinking about? Is this something that I could praise God or praise, praise men for God's working through them? This is something I can praise. Well, thank you, Lord, for that. That's what you need to be thinking on. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. I, this is as practical as you can get. I'm, I, I mean, no offense, but I'd be taking notes like crazy right now. Because this is, this is a process. Again, this isn't a switch. It's a process. It's a process. When you start using this, you're going to find yourself holding up the stop sign so often you get sick of it. Stop! What am I doing? Lord, please forgive me. Lord, is this ever going to end? I don't know. Did telling your kids no like 40,000 times a day, did that eventually end? Yeah. You hear me? It's a process. You know, humans, we want everything to be, we want everything to be plug and play. Oh, I just don't have to worry. Where's the slot where that clicks in? I've got to fit in there somewhere. No, it's, it's a, what does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? I go to verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a constant process. It's a constant process of Constantly adjusting, constantly changing. If you're not constantly in your own mind as a believer, working it against something to help change a thought and trust in God, you're, you're not really doing any work as a believer that God kind of puts in here as a put-off, put-on process. You're saying, 
Oh, God will wave his magic wand and it'll all just go away. How's that work for you so far? No, take no thought. That's a command. And commands are to be obeyed. Are we good at obedience? No, but is God good at forgiveness? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and the, I just love it again. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep, shall keep. That's a fortress term, you understand. Your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So repent. Repent of sinful patterns. Repent. Call it what God calls it. Oh, I'm just worrying. You might as well say, I'm just sinning against God. Hello? Well, it's nothing big. I'm just a little anxious about, yeah, I'm just a little sinning. Amen. And then, according to the James passage, there has to be some resistance. Resist the devil. Right? The verses before that were confess your faults one another. That might have been James 5, but that's in that passage, James 5. So James 4, resist the devil. Have you been resisting the devil? What, what is that? That's the part that says, stop! I'm not going to do this. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, thank you. You've been really good to me. Please forgive me for this sin. Lord, I know you'll take care of it. Lord, help me to trust you to take care of this thing. And Lord, now help me find other good things to think about. Lord, help me. And I tell you, usually what you do is if you go to the opposite of what you're worrying about, most of the time you'll find a, you'll find a good thing. Most of the time. Amen. So I'm going to resist the devil. He, the Bible says he will flee. Now what we want is, you know, we start pulling our sword out of the scabbard and off he goes, oh no! Ah! Do we all think the devil's the, that kind of a scaredy cat? He's not, scared of, he's not scared of Christians who have learned how to swing the sword. He's learned how to be fearful of Christians who keep swinging the sword and fall down and get back up and keep swinging and fall down and get back up and keep swinging. Amen. For heaven's sakes, how, how many... I just heard another one. I, I'm, I'm used to reading medieval uh, stories about this where people who get, they get wounded or they get arrows and they get up and I mean they're, they turn into... Most likely, most of our hero stories are from people who just literally got hurt and kept going. But I just heard another one just recently about a guy who, uh, I think recently in the Middle East, he was, their, their, their team got surrounded. They were a, I don't know if they were a, a Navy SEAL team or a special spec op team of some sort. They got surrounded, surprised, ambushed. One of their guys got shot, and this guy ran in to get him while he's trying to get him. He gets shot, and he falls down, and he jumps back up. He grabs the guy again, literally like right out of the movies. He's grabbing the guy running while the guy's on the ground getting drugged, shooting back, and he gets shot three more times and keeps getting up and grabbing the guy. And I'm going, it's a hero. Those are the kind of people we should be scared of in battle. Not the ones who, you know, whack, he's down. No, it's the ones, whack, I'm moving on. Oh, hey, what are you doing back? Whack. Not you again. <laughs> you hear me? If you're looking for some plug-and-play solving way to, this is how, no, God's, God's teaching us to live by faith. This is a process of growth. Growth happens when we trust God's word and put it into action in our lives. Even when we fail, we go back to the action because the sword is the word of God. Lord, I was wrong. Please forgive me. I'm doing it again. Please forgive me. Halfway over there, I'm back here again. No, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, 
That was sin. It was sin for me to worry about that. Lord, I know it's still important to me, but Lord, I know I can trust you with it. Lord, that's a good one. That's a good thing. Lord, thank you that I can trust you with it. Lord, Lord, help me to trust you with it. I'm going to have faith that you are going to do this for your glory, Lord. Now, let's see. I need to find something else to think about. Thank the Lord that old blue carpet has lasted for 40 years. Thank the Lord. The pews are still holding everybody up. Thank the Lord there's, you know, thank the Lord for so-and-so being here today. Thank the Lord for sunshine. Thank the Lord I've got water coming out of the faucet at the house. Amen. You just start finding things to thank the Lord for and thank the Lord and then start finding something else to think on. Just whatever you can. Resist with the Spirit. With Resist. Resist. God, I'm telling you, draw an eye to God. He will draw an eye to you. You start resisting the devil. God's all about that. Amen. And then replace, replace what you're worrying with good things to put on. Good spiritual precepts. Repentance, restoration. Start thinking about good things. Honest things. Um, good things. True things. Honest things. Just things. Pure things. If all you can do is the only thing you can come up with singing is, is singing Amazing Grace... Sing Amazing Grace and sing 400 verses of it. Most likely, though, once you start opening up that part of your brain again, the Lord's going to help you out with some other things. Oh, yeah, remember this passage? Maybe I'll turn my radio over to... There's got to be a preach message on here somewhere. Maybe I'll haul out my phone instead of going to Pandora. Maybe I'll open up Sermon Audio. I've got to put something else in there besides this junk. Because if you're getting all your input from the world, guess what the world does? They can't beat their sin. And, it's the, and it's, the constant, it's the constant theme of all their music and their stories and their discussions of how to feel better about being a sinner. I don't know what else you want to call it. Instead of admitting I'm a sinner and going to God. Listen, you can obey the Bible. You can. As a matter of fact, that's where faith, listen, obedience to God's word is where faith and spirit activity meet in reality. Amen. I believe the Bible. I am going to obey the Bible because I believe the Bible. That's when Holy Spirit power gets behind you and starts ramming through some things that you never thought possible. Never thought I would beat that sin. Never thought I'd be able to stop doing that. Why? Because my obedience to the Bible and trust in God starts following up with a Holy Spirit jackhammer in my life. I'm just telling you. You want to see the, the movement of the Spirit in your life? That is the way to do it. You'll see growth like you never dreamed possible. Amen. Put off. Stop! Don't do this. Lord, here's repentance, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. And now I'm going to put a go sign on some other things that God says I should be thinking about. Amen. Amen. Bible in Romans, it talks about putting off the old man, putting on the new. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those are all about those things. Galatians, putting off the old man, putting on the new. And it is a constant process of emptying out the closet of all the old tools I used to use, the old clothes, the old things I used to use to deal with my life, and instead start putting in some good things, some godly tools to handle things like worry. 
and anxiety. And again, I'm, 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 I say this wholeheartedly, not in any kind of condemnation whatsoever. I just, truthfully, I'd be foolish not to tell you the truth. If you, have, if you feel like you have tried this and you are not getting victory, you need, you, you need to admit you are so severely backslidden that you need help figuring your way out or you're lost. I, there's no other way to say it. You're so severely backslidden that you, that you have lost all contact with God or you're just plain lost. And you need to stop lying to yourself that you're a good Christian because you go to church or read your Bible. If there's no growth, there's no God. Amen. But God says, take no thought. And we can do that. It might take some work. And it's certainly going to take the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But it is doable. Amen. Be careful for nothing. Take no thought. Put off. Resist the devil. And put on. Replace those things with good, scriptural, spiritual principles. Father.